Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace on the air once again. I guess it's not really the air, is but it could AM, be. AM dial or FM? <laughs> Satellite. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, I suppose people could hear us on the moon. Is that correct? In theory, I guess. <laughs> Maybe someday. Maybe they've well, got their iPods up there on the moon and... Or maybe the signal is being sent, you know, with this all the things the f- federal government's doing. Who knows where this is going, where it's ending up? <laughs> there could be a lot of people listening. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. <Yeah>, really. <laughs> no. Right. Good stuff. We're you know we were talking last week about about forgiveness, and forgiveness in and of itself is is an issue I think that a lot of people aren't necessarily settled in. Uh, just you know the fact that Christ, through what He did on the cross, that God forgave us of all sins. When Christ was on the cross, how many of our sins had 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 we committed? We hadn't committed any yet, because we weren't born, we weren't alive yet. But yet, all our sins were forgiven at that time, and so all of our sins, our past ones that we've done in our lives, the ones that we're presently in, and our future sins, all of them taken care of on the cross 2,000 years ago. And so we can't keep getting forgiven over and over again. Cap, last week you were talking about something, and I wanted to highlight this. You said that if we needed to be forgiven over and over and over again, Christ would have to keep coming back over and over and over again. Like you were talking about last week with the uh, animal sacrifices under the Old Covenant, those sacrifices had to happen over and over again because it didn't stick. It only covered them until the next sacrifice. And so if in Christ, if our forgiveness isn't complete, if like if I sin and I need to get forgiven again, then it's not simply asking God for forgiveness that's going to get me forgiven, but Christ is going to have to come back and go on the cross, and he's going to have to do it for everybody else in the world that's going to be trillions and trillions of times that Christ is going to have to come and pay for our sins. But he did it once. It was a once-for-all sacrifice. Your sins have been completely eradicated, completely taken away, swept away to the bottom of the ocean, as far as the east is from the west, and all of those good things, because God did it. And it's not something that we did. And so I know that in order to move on, to the understanding that we've been made alive together with Christ, not just forgiven, we do need to get at least grounded in the fact that we've been forgiven completely. Because you know, last week you were talking, we were talking about, well, how long have we been doing this program? And um, you're trying, to, we were trying to figure out how many years it had been. And I said, well, we started in 2005. And you said, well, I got to even remember that in order to figure out how many years we've been doing this program. Well. In the same way, if we want to live with this mentality and the understanding that we have new life in Christ, we've got to remember the truth that we've been completely forgiven of all sins for all time. You worried me there for a second. I 
had the feeling you forgot what you were trying to say. <laughs> I was, and I had, to, I did. I had to go back in my mind, and it took a few brief seconds there. I'm just giving you a bad time. But we it's do true. this all the time. This yeah. is normal for a podcast to <laughs> try and get your thoughts together because it's not like we script this or anything. We're just two guys talking and trying to encourage you in the gospel. So exactly, uh, what, pretty much what you're hearing is what you're getting: the good, the bad, the ugly. Like a recent <laughs> podcast program we had. Um, yeah. Good points. Excellent points. Coming into this understanding that forgiveness was already taken care of. Now, it's a matter of us as individuals choosing to believe what has already been accomplished for us. It's not about us giving our lives to him. God's not interested in that because he killed us and he has offered us new life, his life. Not us offering him our lives, but he offering us his. I'm thinking about, with some of this, Joel, I'm looking in Ephesians chapter 1 here, and blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Always remember that phrase, in Christ. That should jump out at all of us when we read that as we move forward in our our walk of grace. But uh, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And then it goes on a couple of verses later to say, in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. This is something we have. It's not something we have to seek any longer. We have this forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence and having made known to us the mystery of his will, which is Christ in us. But as I'm looking back through what I, what I just read, we should be holy and without blame before him in love. This is what God wanted from the foundation of the world. Most people who, and, and this is most of us who have been exposed to any kind of religianity, uh, most of us have a performance-based mentality when it comes to our Christian walk, right? And so um, we're thinking when, when Paul says something like, uh, we should be holy and without blame, well... Can I see a show of hands? <laughs> who, who can say that based on your own merit and your own lifestyle, uh, your own performance, that you have somehow come through with flying colors of, of holiness and blamelessness? Of course you haven't, but in Christ we have. So Paul's not saying that you should live this way, although that's a good thing to try to do. It's just that nobody's ever been able to do it before to the, to the level that, that was required. What happened here, though, is that God made us holy, and he made us blameless, and righteous, and perfected, and forgiven, and all of those great things. He made us that way. It's not something we necessarily strive for to be accepted by God, because it says right here that he has accepted us in Christ. You brought up so many good key things there, but mainly it's that God himself did it. And there are a lot of people out there who either through asking for forgiveness over and over again or by trying to keep themselves right with God some way or another, they might not think of it this way. They might not realize that it's what they're doing, but essentially what they're doing is they're trying to do for themselves what Jesus did already do. As you read there from the book of Ephesians, it was through the blood of Jesus Christ that we have the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Paul could have worded that in our actions. We have redemption 
through what we do. We have the forgiveness of sins when we do right. But he didn't say that. Paul said, in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. It's what God has done for us already. We can't add to it. And when we mess up, and I know this is what I know um, some people, they can't understand why, if they've been forgiven and, and they've been made a new creation, why do they keep messing up? And so they think maybe there's something wrong with them. But it all goes back to what Christ has done on our behalf. And it does go back to the fact that we live in a body, a human body that's dying, where the flesh drags us down sometimes. The flesh isn't who we are. That's the good news. (laughs) Because who we are, the reality of who we are, is a new creation that's been joined together as one spirit with God. As it says in 1 Corinthians 6.17, we've been born again, as Peter says, born again of seed that's incorruptible. It can't be corrupted. That's who we are at the core. That is our identity, even when we walk in ways that are contrary to it. And so when we do mess up and do those things, we're still forgiven. We're still new creations. We're just simply acting contrary to who we are. But instead of groveling before God, begging for forgiveness, or going into our room and asking for forgiveness, or or whatever, confessing all these things that we've done, we simply go back to that one confession that we made, the confession of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is Lord through his finished work, through his blood, he saved us. And that's it. And then we can move on from that point. Yeah, because when, look, I I know if you've been stuck in a performance-based mentality in regards to your relationship with God, that's that's tough because, you know, when things aren't going well, you start to wonder, what does God really think of me? And one verse I skipped over, although I I mentioned it uh, in my own words, it, it says in Ephesians 1 that God has made us accepted. You don't make yourself acceptable to God. He made you acceptable to him. I mean, that's just it. He did it all. It's always been about him. It's never really been about us. But religion always tries to get the spotlight back on us. And it's, it's, Jesus should always be center stage. The, the spotlight should always be on him. And let's go back to um, John 3.16, right? Everybody knows John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But the all-important verse after that that often gets overlooked is that God did not send his son, John 3, 17. He he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. There's a lot of religious folks out there doing plenty of condemning. But he, he did not do that. He did not send him to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And, of course, Paul explaining the revelation of this new covenant that we have in the book of Romans. I wish I could cover the whole passage, but there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those of us in in Christ Jesus. There is none. So the need, as under the old covenant might have been the case, along with an animal and a bunch of blood, that the need to go back and confess to God to be forgiven, that, that is not the new covenant. And why is it we have no condemnation? Because we're justified now by faith. Faith, meaning belief in what Jesus did, was sufficient for everything that we needed. Yeah. Like you said, it's all about God. It's all about what he has done. We so often will turn things around and make it about what we do for him, whether it's avoiding sin or, for a lot of people, paying their tithe, going to church, or 
just staying away from sin somehow. But really, life in Christ is about us receiving a gift. It's not about us giving God the gift of our performance, because none of us, nobody could ever do it. Nobody could ever perform well enough. It always had to be based upon what God did for us. And so, if there's any thought that we could end with this week, I think it's just, you know, you've received the free gift of God's grace, his love, salvation. You've received it as a gift. Now walk in it as a gift. You know, get the notion out of your head that you have to do something when you sin to make up for your sin or that you have to ask over and over again because you've already received the gift. You've already been reconciled to God. You've already been made alive together with him. And that is some good news that you can carry with you. And every time you start to feel like you're soiled and dirty, you can realize that the truth isn't based upon what you do and what you've done, but is based solely and completely on what Christ has done. And being grounded in that truth will help us as we look for victory over guilt, obligation, and condemnation, and things like that. So that's what we've got in store to talk about next week on Growing in Grace, dealing with guilt, obligation, condemnation, things like that. Talk about victory over those things next week, right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various Internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.